Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Lauren Conlin, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? So I've been doing a lot of thinking over the last week and and really over the weekend, and I really just want to make sure that I don't personally lose sight or focus of the task at hand, which is to get justice for Grant. So let's get his case reopened, and then let's get freedom for Gracie um, and justice for Gracie and justice for Angie. Let's get to a place where Gracie doesn't have to spend the next two years worrying if her dad's going to jump out of the bushes and grab her, or worse, a court rules that she has to live with him again. So... I've fully come to grips with the fact that Tennessee and most of the people in power are really corrupt. And this is my opinion, my findings. And at this point, not only are they not helping or just not caring in getting any type of justice for Grant, Gracie, or Angie, but they are quite literally hindering it. Now, for example, I believe I've said this before, but Angie asked for body cam footage of that day from the Gallatin police. And the Gallatin PD just said, nope, we won't give it to you. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. So now she has to go through FOIA again. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just stunned. And I continue to be stunned by the amount of emails I've been getting additionally from people with corruption stories involving Tennessee of their own, which let me tell you, they're horrible, hideous, tragic, disgusting, and yes, their stories do add to the validity that Tennessee allegedly loves to cover stuff up. And clearly, Grant's case is no different. So I said this last week, but I also want to reiterate again that Tennessee is not a state I'd want to live in, but it's especially not a state that I'd want to die in. So again, per the CDC website, and I I guess... You know, I I said this last week, but I could not get over it. And I kept saying it to my husband. I basically was telling anyone who would listen, not that you should, I guess, look at this stuff when you're deciding which state to move to, but good Lord. Um, No, so I'm going to say it again. According to the CDC website, the only time an autopsy is required in this state is if it's ordered by the DA or the court. That's the only time it's required. It's not required for a homicide Violence, suicide, unknown or unexplained, not required for died suddenly or in good health or even death by poison. So, um, yeah, all of those things I just listed, those are discretionary autopsy orders. So yeah, it's, it's at the discretion of the DA if they want to, if they want to do an autopsy when someone is in totally good health and dies suddenly. So yeah, I mean, you've got your good old boy network. You've got the Gallatin PD. You've got DA Whitley, seemingly like really trustworthy guys here. Um, so ladies, if your husband wants to smother you with a pillow while you sleep to murder you and he calls 911 and says you choked on something, 
chances are those cops are going to believe your husband and case closed. He gets away with murder. So yeah, this makes me love New York because autopsies are almost always required. But anyway, I wanted to reiterate that and just reiterate that we are not giving up on getting evidence to get Grant's case reopened. We're actually just getting started. So um, just... Just be aware. So switching gears quickly, um, there are a a few super popular TikTokers that have been helping out in raising awareness to this case, to Grant's case. And some of them are hyper-focused on Pastor Steve Berger. So if you've been listening to this podcast, which I'm assuming you have if you're on this episode, you know that Pastor Steve is the former lead pastor at Grace Chapel, and he's also the founder, and he helped found uh, Grace Christian Academy. He was known to be pretty friendly with Aaron Solomon, and lastly, Grant allegedly told him of the abuse that he was suffering from his father, as were his sister and mother, and allegedly Berger did not report this. So Berger denied that Grant told him this, said that Grant just wanted to talk about his faith. And then Steve Berger ended up filing many, many lawsuits to anyone that covered this story with him involved. Um, he sued basically people from uh, a random single mom media blogger to uh, Gracie herself after she posted her 2021 YouTube video. So here's the question. Is Steve Berger connected to the death of Grant? As in, was he in the ditch with Grant? Was he in the parking lot with Aaron? No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there. He was not involved. This is factual or, or, you know, so, so from what I know, this is factual. He was not involved and that's the truth. But why does he seem so guilty? What are you guilty about? Why would you go so far to threaten and sue single mom bloggers or, you know, throw out a defamation lawsuit? Why, why would you try to get the Freedom for Gracie website down? Why would you threaten Freeman Webb, the owner of the Williamson homepage publication, if they, if they run a story? The story, meaning Grant, Gracie, and Angie's. Like, Steve, you're only a small, tiny part of this story. And no one is accusing you of alleged homicide or rape. Yes, they're printing some stuff about you. Yeah, they're saying you you allegedly ignored um, a, a case of abuse and you didn't report it. And, and yeah, is it a good look? No, it's not a good look. But look, you were most likely looking out for your friend Aaron Solomon. And in my opinion, you just look so much guiltier by making this about you and your old church and your school. And I'm just saying it's really not too late to come forward and correct this and say, hey, yeah, I messed up. I was looking out for my bud and I regret it. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, unless you're a part of something bigger and turning against Aaron Solomon would create a larger problem. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, only because I don't know enough about Steve Berger, right? I don't know why everyone is so fixated on him, except for, you know, what I do know. He ignored these claims. He seems like not like a super nice person, not someone that I would want to look to for advice. Um, you know, especially as a Christian myself, he doesn't, 
he doesn't really seem like a Christian based on, on what I've observed. But, um, yeah, I spoke to a few people this week and one of them did mention something about Steve threatening the people or the staff at Grace Christian Academy. They said to me, uh, where is it? Here it is. Um, Steve actually one time basically threatened a meeting of the employees at GCA at a back to school lunch between the church and the school. And Steve basically said, listen, your boss is not Robbie Mason. He was the head of school for those of you who didn't know. Technically, I'm your boss. And if my people tell you to do something, you better do it. So yeah, this person was reiterating that Steve is just not a good man. This person also wanted to make it clear that, or maybe it was a different person, but that since Steve has left Grace Chapel, it's not perfect, but it's a lot better. So that's also pretty interesting to me. So someone else emailed me and said that, and this is just a side note about Gracie. They just remember seeing her at Grace Christian Academy. And you know, this has nothing to do with anything, but I like to, I like to throw these, these little tidbits in here because again, I do get a lot of emails and I think this stuff is important. So just to note, but anyway, she remembers seeing little Gracie at Grace Christian Academy looking frail and gaunt with these large bags around her eyes. And it just always felt a little off to see a little girl that way. Um, and just to remind everyone, Gracie was living with Aaron at that time, poor thing. So this person said, you know, just to see her now, you know, on Instagram and around Tennessee, she's just this bright, beaming, you know, lovely girl who's, you know, doing amazingly at track and just succeeding on her own, living with her mom and also just feeling so supported by so many people right now. So sorry that I'm all over the place. But again, I wanted to to include that because, you know, a bunch of people emailed me and I wanted to make sure that you all heard this. So, okay. If you remember, I think it was episode two of this podcast or something like that. I played an interview between the Ward Performance Institute employee and a reporter who worked at the Williamson homepage. His name is Alexander Willis. So I remember just being floored at this interview because, I mean, I was speechless at how much information this employee had to offer and Gallatin PD did not speak to him at all. But Alex Willis did. And Alex was and still is very invested in Grace, Grant, and Angie. So I wanted you all to hear what he had to say because I do think that you'll find it really interesting. And again, this man, Steve Berger comes up. It's like you just can't escape him. And it's, it's, it's really making me start to scratch my head. But anyways, here is Alex Willis. All right, everyone. I have Alex Willis here. He's a reporter that was in Tennessee, now in Alabama. Am I, am I right, Alex? That's okay. Right. Okay. Got it. Now, can you tell us the publication that you wrote for when Grant died and, um, and, and you were covering his death? Sure. So I was writing for a page for a paper called the Williamson homepage. I had been with them since May of 2018. Now, this awful incident happened in 2020, but it wasn't until 2021 that I had ever caught wind of it. It was, okay. uh, Matter of fact, it was a, a pretty well-known figure in Williamson County and across the country. Who Aaron, off Aaron was. Oh, no, a well-known figure. Sorry. Okay. They, I had asked them if they would like, you know, 
not credit, but if, if they would like to be named, they, they ask not to be named, but they live in Franklin or they lived in Franklin. And this story had been a, a widely circulated story just among the community. It had not been reported on at this point, uh, but I had been reached out to uh, by this individual just asking if I would look into it. And this was this was probably a week or so after Gracie had released her initial video sort of laying down the initial allegations. Okay. So I, I want to just reiterate, you're a little echoey, but just for people listening, um, you had mentioned that in 2021, a pretty prominent figure who does not want to be named in Franklin, Tennessee, brought this case to your attention and just said, Hey, this happened a year ago. Have you heard about this? This is what's going on. And you said, no, I haven't, but let me cover it. Do you want to be named? Do you want to be a part of this? And they said, no way. That's correct. Okay. So then you wrote a story about this and you included not only Grant's story, but you included Gracie's story, which included the church, Grace Chapel, correct? That's correct. Okay. And then from what I understand, this resulted in like a $1 million lawsuit against your publication. That's what we were told. So we put out the story. Uh, As I said, folks had a, it it garnered significant attraction because folks had said that this is something that the community had been talking about for a while. Uh, It just had not been acknowledged in any public capacity. Mm. So we had one of our regular staff meetings at the Williamson homepage that included our editor in chief, our staff. And we were told that the president of Freeman Webb companies, it's a very big developer uh, company in the Nashville area. They also have, or they also own Freeman Web Publishing. And this is the publisher that owns our paper. Okay. They also, they also own uh, the Nashville Scene and the Nashville Post. So this individual, uh, there's Bob and Bill Freeman, so I want to make sure I get it right. Okay. Bill Freeman, uh, he was invited to a meeting, a personal meeting with, uh, the pastor of Grace Chapel, then Steve. pastor, Steve, Steve Berger. That's correct. Right. Okay. Uh, and again, this is all coming from our editor-in-chief. So I'm hearing this secondhand, but we're getting updated on the situation. I have no reason to disbelieve it. Right. Uh, Steve Berger invites Bill Freeman to a lunch of sorts uh, with the pretext that it's just a casual lunch. However, once the meeting takes place, it's... It's basically clear very soon that uh, Berger is trying to convince Freeman to pull the story uh, because it includes allegations that Grant Solomon, uh, who died in 2020, which a lot of this is about, it includes allegations that he had gone to him and told him about the alleged abuse at the hands of his father, Aaron Solomon. And he did not act or he did not report it. Now, those those are the allegations. Berger mm-hmm. denies those allegations. Right. He said he did acknowledge that they had a one-on-one meeting. He instead said it was a meeting about faith and that Grant wanted to know how he could grow closer to Christ. Gracie uh, says that Grant told him, no, that meeting was to tell him about the abuse, the alleged abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Because of that, uh, Berger supposedly had uh, 
requested that that story be told. And during the same meeting, that is when there was a casual, um, I don't want to say threat, but uh, supposed suggestion of a lawsuit. And when you say 100 million, that was the number that was told to us. We were shared uh, with a cease and desist, a cease and desist right. letter from Berger's attorneys. Uh, regarding the story, you and story. many other people, um, from what I from what I understand, yeah, okay. Even bloggers, uh, that part I find pretty wild that you're going to go after bloggers. On- Shannon Ashley, I I was dying at that. I was like, seriously, but okay. What I mean, I think she she made a joke and she's like, sorry, what do you what do you want from me? Like my Tupperware or something? It was just funny, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and and uh, just a quick. Kudos to her. She really put a lot of effort into breaking some of this stuff down because it is complicated. But uh, all that to say, we were told about that. We were shared the cease and desist. Uh, we discussed the issue and uh, we basically said, no, we're not going to pull down the story. Oh, and I, I did want to mention, too, in the cease and desist, it, uh, they included for us very kindly a uh, sort of an editor's note that we could just copy and paste and plug right into the story. And it essentially said that the homepage had uh, diligently looked at all the allegations and found that uh, Pastor Steve Berger was guilty of no wrongdoing whatsoever. The homepage apologizes uh, for this. And uh, so there's that editor's note. And then there was a demand to not only plug that in and edit the story, but to never in the future cover the story as it relates to Pastor Steeper. Wow. So, I mean, this we, is, that's so disappointing. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I guess it's, I shouldn't be surprised from what I know, but just as somebody who's such a, um, a prominent member in the church, people trust him, Grant trusted him. And for him to only really care about his own ass and the way he looks to the public is, is truly sickening. Now, um, I used your information and I don't know if this, if you got this information while you were writing the story or if this was after, but you were able to speak to the young man who worked at Ward Performance Institute. And when I got that footage, I mean, I was shocked. I was like, wait a second. So police didn't speak to this guy, but a reporter had no problem finding him, getting him to tell his account of what happened that day. And I got to say, Alex, that was really helpful. Everything he said. I mean, like, was that, so I guess I'm asking, was that during your investigation, writing the story or was this just after for your own personal knowledge, your own personal curiosity? I have actually spoke uh, to staff there on two separate occasions. The, The first, I was very much still with the Williamson homepage and continuing coverage, Mm. not just of the allegations involving Gracie, but, some other allegations uh, involving the church. And uh, yeah, at, at that point, still no law enforcement had spoken to him. The second most recent time, that's probably what you're referring to. Yeah. That was well after the fact. I was not with the homepage at that point. But uh, at that point, I was strictly doing some freelance work, which uh, among that included uh, some of is uh, uncovering more information on these allegations, which yeah. at this point, there's still a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of unanswered questions. 
And if I could speak to that for just a brief moment, please. at least what I find to be the absurdity of, of that situation, you have uh, Aaron Solomon, who his two children have been forensically, forensically interviewed by police. Uh, there's been a decade of police reports and uh, all sorts of things that suggest there may be an issue there. There may be something to some of the allegations against him. There is a very mysterious, very odd death at this Ward Performance Institute. Mm. You know, something that you would have to tell to me twice or three times, and I still wouldn't fully understand how it happened. Police arrive at the scene. There's, there's a, Aaron says that there's, you know, these three individuals that were there and they, they disappear before police arrive. There's all these other circumstances going around the situation. And on top of that, as I described, you have mm. 10 years of allegations, documented allegations, maybe not verified, but for kids to be forensically interviewed by police speaking about their dad in some of these instances, Grant as well, for police to wrap up that investigation in, you know, what was it, under 20 minutes and not speak to anyone, uh, yeah. to me, that just flies in the face of logic. I, I mean, it's from your lips to God's ears to, you know, the DA's ears to the judge's ears. I don't even know. It it's it's mind blowing, Alex, at this point that we are all looking at this. And I've brought in um I've brought in, you know, very prominent New York City attorneys to this podcast. People are listening, you know, body language experts, doctors, ex-law enforcement. It seems as though everybody outside of Tennessee can see. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say, I mean, everybody in power or everybody in you know, the industry of law enforcement or, you know, litigation, whatever, they can see that something is very wrong here. Um, now, just going back to the fact that, you know, nothing was done about this and and I don't live in Tennessee. I'm learning a lot of things about Tennessee. And, I, and one of those things I've learned is I don't want to die in Tennessee, okay? Because if something happens to me, the laws there surrounding, you know, autopsies, surrounding so many things are so gray uh, it's just, it's frankly, it's scary. So are you, do you ever feel nervous, I guess? And this is just maybe me being a reporter and you being a reporter. I mean, these, these men are kind of scary and, and it seems as though they're really going out of their way to protect Aaron Solomon. And it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me very uncomfortable. I, I understand the premise of the question, but it, at this point, were there any sort of, you know, outwardly reaction to me that just shows their hand even more? And I, I almost welcome it. Of course, I don't welcome right. Yes, you know, anyone getting yes. <laughs> hurt or anything like that. And sure. Nor am I directly suggesting that's on the table. But it, to your question of, uh, do I ever have concerns, safety concerns? To me, anything in that direction would just more revealed that, you know, it would, uh, they would show their hands. So. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like, you know, I feel like we're getting close here. We're getting this into, into people's hands that might be able to do something. I think that a lot of people who hear this story are like, well, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? And they're not 
quite understanding the cover up and the corruption that's going on, you know, with some of these guys. So I think now that we're getting people to understand that this is much bigger than us, this is much bigger than than the state. It's kind of like, you know, someone federal needs to get involved here. So um, what are your next steps, I guess, surrounding this case? Sure. So uh, as you said, someone else needs to get involved. Mm. It, it very much feels, not saying it is, but it, it feels like a good old boys club. Uh, we've had roadblocks, countless roadblocks throughout this process. Uh, for instance, we had a, uh, we had a, a personal meeting with the district attorney uh, scheduled just for Angie or Angie's friends to yeah. uh, and supporters to sort of lay out the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was canceled. We arrived and it was canceled at the very last minute. And just some of his staff listened to our concerns. Just like that. that Sure. And and I'm sure uh, some of her, uh, you know, more involved supporters would be happy to to share more about that. But um, Mm -hmm. little tidbits we keep getting, such as uh, we we, uh, requested some of the internal communications of the attorney general. And that's how we discovered that internally, at least between himself and uh, the governor, he's referring to Grant's situation or at least the location of it as a, as a homicide uh, crime scene. And this is DA Whitley or I'm sorry, this is DA Whitley that said this. You know what? I should a hundred percent make sure I'm saying the right No, words. yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that I get it because that that's a big deal. If in internal communications, they are referring to the crime scene as a homicide. I mean, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. that's, that's something. Let me, I know we're still on the air here, but if- yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. Look it up. It's, it's fine. Okay, who did I say? Did I say the district you attorney? You said the district attorney, but it's okay. I meant, wanna... I meant the state's attorney general. Forgive me. The Tennessee attorney general. And, and who is that? That is correct. Jonathan Scrimetti. Okay, Jonathan Scrimetti. Okay, got it. That's that's Okay, that's good to know. And these are these are correspondences between Scrimetti and Governor Lee, you mentioned? or These are correspondence, yes, between him okay. and the governor's office. Okay, wow. Okay. Wow. So, I mean... Can you can you basically just say that you you're not comfortable giving up on this case? I mean, you seem oh, no. like you're and, like and me and you just want to keep going until yeah, until something is done and that's how I feel as well. Now, uh I as I described, I have my brief stint as a full freelance reporter. I, I do now I have a uh, a more regular uh journalism job covering mm-hmm. government and politics here in Alabama. However, I still engage in freelance uh, reporting anything and anything, or excuse me, anything and anything I can do uh, to help. Right, we're, we're just we're poking around mm. uh, at whatever we can. If we think of some information we can request from some agency, yeah, we're gonna do it. I'm going to continue to help. Uh, you have a lot of people helping Angie, and especially after it's gotten some exposure recently, uh, yeah. thanks to folks like you and some others. Uh, we have even more people just willing to devote so much of their free time uh, to helping yeah. get some answers to this. 
Well, thank you so much for everything that you've done. And if you don't mind, I'm probably going to text you offline to ask you a couple more questions and and get a couple more files from you um, because I've been meaning to do that anyway. So, um, all right, Alex Willis, thank you so much for your taste. So that was Alex Willis. And gosh, you guys heard it. He, He brings up Steve Berger in depth because Steve went really out of his way, like really, really, really out of his way to not get Grant's story printed. And, you know, this is so hurtful and just terrible because it's like, Steve, it's not always about you. This is about a young man, a mother and her child. Like, yeah, you made a mistake. If, you know, if you did not report this abuse, you made a big mistake and people make mistakes. But seriously, stop hindering this investigation. Stop hindering this cause. It's not about you. And for people like me, like you are just a pawn to Aaron Solomon or, you know, whoever you're taking orders from. I don't really care about you. I, again, I just want justice for Grant. I want to get the evidence to get his case reopened. And you are simply a distraction and you are making yourself a distraction. Now, I can't speak for the other TikTokers or YouTubers who actually live in Tennessee and feel like, you know, Steve is a threat. Cool. Maybe he is. I just don't know about it. And it's really not my mission to take that man down. It's it's really not. I, I really don't have any interest. However, I'll reiterate, his name keeps coming up. So anyway, um, I hope you guys found this episode informative. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. And I'm just, I'm going to be really excited to share new findings with you when I am able to do so um, with this investigation. So really, thank you all for listening. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for supporting Angie, Gracie, and Grant through the GoFundMe or the change.org petition. You're all amazing. So until next time, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.